everybody, Goldie here, and today we are going to talk about wrestling. On today's episode, Money in the Bank results, a Madison Square Garden debut, and a whole lot of women getting TV time. Welcome on in, everybody. Once again, joined by Don Jay and Godflow. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Spectacular. I had a feeling the one time I didn't ask you individually, you'd talk over each other. Uh, Godflow, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Loving life. Can we talk about the fact that I'm never getting this prediction crown? Ever? Nope. Y'all tied we again. I mean, I'll share. Y'all tied sharing. again. How long have you been sharing this for? I think two in a row. It's a, yes, two in a row. Two in a row. My, I th- I my think predictions it... are always more fun, but they just never happen. So, I, I wanted to be wrong, to be fair, but unfortunately, uh, the uh, the cards were laid on the table, and I happened to win again. You know what happens if you say cards laid on the table, right? Carrying cross appears. Um, we have some money in the bank recapping to get to. Uh, your men's money in the bank winner, winner uh, senior money in the bank. Damian Priest, not LA Knight, no. Um, and your women's money in the bank holder did so by handcuffing Bailey to Becky. EO Sky, love to see it. Also, a money in the bank, new women's tag champs. Uh, Raquel and Liv get their titles back. Shayna turns on Ronda, which I'm not a dirt sheet reader, so I was shocked. Um, pleasantly. Drew McIntyre is definitely not in AEW. He's back with the feds uh, and looks like he's going to be feuding with Gunther. And Roman Reigns ate a pin for the first time in over three years, courtesy of Jey Uso. Um, Flo, I'll start with you. What's your takeaway from Money in the Bank? I mean, it, it was just phenomenal all the way through. I mean, I, I want to give props to the to the oversee crowd uh, to begin with. I've we we talked about it a little bit that it wasn't exactly the same vibe as they had in Puerto Rico, but it was absolutely electrifying and had their own taste on it. I know they gave them a little bit of tease with uh, "Can They Get Mania," which. Which I think if they're teasing it, I'm imagining they're going to get it, which I think is going to be great. I don't think they um, fly John Cena out there to say it and then not do it. Right. Yeah. It's like you, you can't give the tease and get everybody excited and then just be like Scrooge McDuck. We're taking it all away. Not going to happen. This, that and the other. I mean, even with uh, Waller mentioning Australia, I think even them now. Maybe they get the next money in the bank. Maybe UK gets the the WrestleMania. I mean, either or big wins. Um, I'm a big fan of going all around the world with these places, the, the seeing what the different fans bring. I need a little bit more than just booing Dom every week, and it's been absolutely exciting. Oh, Dom is a wanker. Oh, <laughs> Dom is a wanker. That was so great. Oh. Also, stand was... up if you hate Roman. Sit down if you hate Roman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just uh, some quick tidbits on the other matches. Again, it was like, I'm not as much into the dirt sheets, but it's like everybody knew eventually that Shayna was going to turn on Ronda. Except for and me. And nobody knew that it was going to happen then. 
Like, it was such the odd time, and I think you can even go back, and when we make our predictions, I was like, this is the one match that I'm certain on. And it's the one that I lost. It was like, this is the one that, you know, I, I can bank on, I can go all in on, and not a problem. And then just randomly in the middle of the match, which was a damn good match, um, everybody was getting in the action, going back and forth, and it's just like, Shayna just snapped. She's just like, hey, fuck this, I'm out, we're done. And that that's that was the end of it. Um, did get our EO Sky winner. Thankfully, unfortunately, I I kind of leaning towards. I have a feeling that she's gonna be the first failed cash in because they keep kind of hinting no. at it too. Um, Priest running around again. We didn't get our LA night. No, but I mean that match also phenomenal. Uh, Seth did end up. Uh, retaining beating finn um due to this it, it was a really weak distraction like mm -hmm. i expected more involved like everybody expected if priest won he was going to get involved in the match but it was just kind of like i'm here and that was like it like it kind of felt like he was going to get more involved in it now we got the whole judgment day thing going on that we'll get into uh but other than that just phenomenal card overall and was very well enjoyed Donjay, what is your takeaway from the Money in the Bank premium live event? Roman took the pin. Roman took the pin. <laughs> that above anything else is what I take away from it. I I love that Shayna is now going to be the Shayna that we've deserved. Um, and I need her and Shane, uh, Rhonda in a fight pit at SummerSlam. And I love EO, but Roman having that that vulnerability removed was what did it for me. Because we all expected that if they lost, um, that Solo somehow was going to take the pin. But Roman took the pin clean. Jay. <laughs> Clean? Well, let's, 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 never mind the, the, the low blow. What, <laughs> it was clean, the, but, yeah. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a weapon or, or anything like that. And it, was, it wasn't, it was, finishing. it was in a poetic manner because that's what Roman did yeah. to Jay to start the whole thing. So, yeah, I understand yeah. it, but like, it still wasn't clean. <laughs> and it wasn't their finisher. Like, it wasn't a one and done. And they take the pin. It was Jay going to the top rope yep. and splashing him, which which meant a lot more than a joint um, finisher on Roman. So that's what really stuck out to me to lead us to where we're going next. Yeah, Jay took it into his own hands to finish the job, which, as you said, alludes to what we're going to get into about SmackDown. I said this in the Discord um, a few people agreed with me. I didn't really know how to phrase what I was feeling. But that match ended and I was just like, eh, that's it. I, I didn't really feel, I guess I didn't watch the entire Bloodline story. Like I came in halfway through, so I'd been getting Cole's notes versions of what had been going on. And everyone was, like Don Jay was saying, well, it's, it's full circle now because that's what Roman did to Jay to blah, blah, blah. And 
Somebody in the Discord server said it reminded them of when uh, Brock broke the streak. And you just kind of sat there. I was like, okay, cool, but now what? That was kind of my feeling. Um, we got our answer to the now what on SmackDown. But, I don't know. Maybe I'm just really boring. Damn. I do think that you at some point have to watch the Hell in a Cell with Roman and Jay. I probably should. And, like, you don't have to watch everything else. It would be nice. But that is a match that you you must watch just for the 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 cinema, as we've been saying. The theater. And, and especially because of the impetus. And the fact that it was in the Thunderdome, where... Rose, oh, right. Thunderdome Rome. Right, but... the. That was probably one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I've seen, considering where it was and not having people there. They just did so well with it. Every part of the match was choreographed just to go back in history. It was like, we instead of stepping forward into the, the tribal chief, the bloodline, it was just like we went back and we revisited. It was uh, the low blow. And then it's the first ever pinfall that Roman Reigns ate on the main roster was from a frog splash from Jay Uso at a Survivor Series. So it's it's so much more into it. I can understand, like, from the modern perspective, it was like, okay, every time Roman has a match, he always overcomes it, and there's some shit coming at him from the end, whether it's Cena, whether it's somebody else coming back, whether it's Brock Lesnar bringing a goddamn tractor to the ring. You, you always felt like there was something more coming, and it was just the shock factor of Roman ate a pin, one, two, three on the mat, and as you said, it was where do we go next, and that led us to SmackDown. Interesting to note as well, there was some footage post-Money in the Bank of Roman just having a nervous breakdown as he was From sitting the outside the ring because he's like, what do you mean I lost? For a guy that they couldn't get over, the turnaround in this title reign. He's always had the wrestling. Uh, the promo work was brutal at the beginning. And now it is, I want to hear what he has to say when he has a microphone. But even more than that, I like the the off-mic audibles that he's, that he's doing. Like when they did... Um, him and Sammy at Elimination Chamber and he's talking into the into the camera like I'm gonna beat you in front of your wife and your kids and your family like talking his shit into the camera not into the microphone um, I've been really enjoying that I know we all have as well uh, yeah. but this leads us into the tribal court of Roman Reigns which Roman makes a valid point who the hell are y'all to call a tribal court when i'm the tribal chief and he just starts kicking ass roman basically whoops jimmy into an ambulance goes to the hospital jay goes with him jay comes back and says it's trial by combat now ooze um and jay challenges roman um is it for the belt i don't remember uh but 
I asked in the Discord server why these segments kept going over time. Like, what is happening where they're just constantly getting extra time and they have to cut everything else short? Like, there's a whole ass other hour on Raw where they desperately need more than one storyline. Um, Don J, you, I think you're the one that answered this in the Discord server. Do you want to kind of talk about what's going on with that? Yeah, the, my theory was that it's Madison Square Garden. The WWE is beholden to the history and the grandeur that is um, Madison Square Garden. And they hadn't been there for a SmackDown or a Raw in ages. They've done Christmas shows um, there. And really their sales hadn't been great lately until we had this resurgence in WWE. So the fact that they were sold out um, and they're on this high and the bloodline being what it is, they gave them free reign to do what it was. And they're always the highest segment on SmackDown. So you can't, you don't want this to happen every week, obviously, because you don't want, despite how much money this is making for the company, you don't want to spike the other performers that are always going to get shorted. But I saw why in this particular instance that they went that route. I was kind of hoping you would have mentioned they don't actually put what they're going to do because of a certain so-and-so changing it. No, uh-uh. I wasn't going to mention that. It's more... Well, I was hoping you would, though, because that, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was a him reason for this one, although he was there, but... New York is like an hour drive from Connecticut, so he would have shown up there because it was Madison Square Garden anyway. I really just think it was the venue and, and how hot the bloodline in WWE is. But isn't this a, a constant thing that happens with the bloodline, though? It happens with trials. Basically, don't put anyone on trial, and they'll be all right. Because the Sammy trial was the same exact thing where they had to cut everything um and now with the trial of roman then they get so emotional and and it gets drawn out um but like i said you don't want it to be a constant um maybe a minute here or a minute there because that's just how live television works and emotion in the crowd uh chants and things like that but um don't have any more trials on television yeah, we, we don't need Judge Steve Harvey. Well, we do, actually, to keep order. Um, Flo, what's your takeaway of this Bloodline storyline on SmackDown with uh, Jay challenging Roman now? I mean, it's kind of the expected. And again, what Don Jay was saying is Sammy's trial, I think, was even more than 17 or 19 minutes or whatever it was they went over. I remember on that show, but I mean... The way you look at it now is now they're setting up another improbable where it's like okay Roman has a chance to lose but does he really is going to be the question it's it's like he's overcame everything it's like they they with every new challenger it gives you a little bit more where it's like this is going to be the person this is going to be the person and it's just been time and time again that Roman has proved one way or another with the title on the line I mean he doesn't win tag matches ever 
Um, however, solo matches, he wins them all. So it, it it's going to be interesting to see the case. I know they're putting, okay, one family member's in the hospital. That leaves one family member. Everybody's expecting to turn at some point. And it's whatever they want to do with it. What in in regards to them going over on SmackDown, it got me to thinking is you could definitely tell they shortened the women's segment. You can definitely tell they shortened the Cross and AJ match. But other than that, it's kind of like they don't really have that many storylines going on SmackDown at all. That's not saying they couldn't start some or do some more, but it was kind of like, what did it really take the place of? which I think SmackDown's currently leading into a problem of is it's like, okay, we have this going on over here. We have this going on over here. We need to get some of these other people in some actual storylines that people care about. But but we finally have a women's storyline on SmackDown. We do, and you have the, the main three. They're big three, and then the rest of them are just kind of... But they didn't Not even get much. a chance to tell the story because the bloodline keeps going mm -hmm. over. Like, yeah. that's that's my thing, is we actually have a storyline now. Yes, it is the big three women on SmackDown, but we have a storyline. That's yep. literally all we've been asking for. And you have the bloodline, the you have the women's, and then that's it. I think it's more the bloodline when Roman is on SmackDown as opposed to the bloodline story. Because mm -hmm. Roman won't be there Friday based on the calendar they posted and he'll show up every other Friday and whatnot. He won't be there Friday, which means that there won't need to be these huge segments, which means that they'll go back to the other stories that are on SmackDown. So it's really when Roman is there because of how big he is in the company now it takes a lot of the oxygen out of the show and that should not be an issue tomorrow mm -hmm. so that goes back to my original um concern or i guess gripe why isn't he on raw they have another because hour because fox, fox they want him on. that's fox mm -hmm. that's television would be much better for everybody involved, but unfortunately, Fox pays probably a whole lot more money than USA. Yep. And USA pays for two shows, and yep. Fox pays almost more than the two shows that USA pays for. Right. It's still frustrating, though. Like like I was trying to say earlier, Oscar Bianca, Charlotte, we have story. We have story with Oscar Bianca. We have story with Oscar Charlotte. We have story with Bianca Charlotte, and then we have a briefcase. So I hate that it was rushed. I hate that it was rushed because we can actually do the uh, Bianca has a legit gripe. Charlotte comes back and gets a title shot by asking through no like through no fault of her own. When you're a competitor, you ask for a title shot. That's what you're in the business for. She gets granted it. And we've been asking for Bianca Charlotte for a bit now because it would complete the four horsewomen so there's story there there's story with Ozka charlotte and how charlotte has notoriously um stifled Ozka's pushes and then we have Ozka bianca where Ozka went had to go heel to win and bianca is like you put stuff in my eye i couldn't see i want a rematch i haven't got it yet and then we have eo 
who would put on a banger match with any of those three women. And instead, we're getting Roman. Um, that's just my, like, we finally have the women's storylines and then we're still cutting it short for one dude. I get it, but it makes me angry. Um, speaking of Madison Square Garden, though, we, we don't get debuts at Madison Square Garden very often. So when I tell you how happy I was that Grayson Waller got his in-ring debut at Madison Square Garden, y'all gotta believe me on this. Um, has the Grayson Waller effect with Edge. And Edge has this big breaking news. And Waller's like, you're retiring. And it's like, no, I'm actually going to kick your ass. And Waller gets the Cena treatment, right? Don Jay, is that what it was? The Cena treatment? Yep. It's just, they love him. They absolutely love him. They were giving him the treatment that you would have thought they would give him theory. Um, but to have him in a segment with Cena at Money in the Bank and with Edge, they are to put like um, Edge mentioned, he's swimming with the sharks. He's not he's not um sinking, he's swimming. And they made him it was like the ruthless aggression, um Kurt Angle spot from many years back. Flo, what was your take on Waller getting his in ring debut main roster? in-ring debut when it came out it's like we always talk about when debuts it's like who had the best debut ever and a lot of people were just like you think of that kevin owens debut against cena oh man comes out shows up not only shows up but beats john cena the guy that never loses ever it doesn't get that and we were kind of waiting with waller it was like we knew he was injured but they had him enough they're like no we need you on tv he's been Although it's been involved in different storylines, he has been a focal storyline point since he's been drafted. He's been one of the big winners of the draft that's actually been keep, kept with the draft rules. But he's pushing, he's pushing, and then this match happens. They go through it, and they're like, okay, this is it. And I was like, here we go. This is going to be the Kevin Owens moment, this. And then I get to thinking, and I'm like, they have Edge in MSG. It's like Edge wrestles yeah. on SmackDown maybe twice a year. He's not losing. And then everybody's like, oh, here we go. This, this, this. And I, I looked across everybody. I said, this this isn't KO. This is Cena, <laughs> which which is just as good because you take a step down in memorable moments and it was, hey, who are you? Hey, this. You're going to get your ass kicked. And then at the end, they get that acknowledgement of respect that it's like, okay, you're here. This is it. This is what we expect you constantly. So it's just, he's going to be involved in such big things and everything. There's so many things he could be involved in. Um, I don't think, I mean, if anybody's stock on SmackDown's through the roof right now, it's his, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's someone else that has high stock, but yeah, they have shown so much trust in Grayson Waller, and they drafted him to SmackDown with a broken leg. Um, that wasn't exactly public knowledge until maybe a week or two ago because they were like, why isn't he wrestling? And he had to basically come out and say, because Carmelo Hayes broke my leg. Um, that's why you don't even see me walk to the ring. And they still put him on TV. They gave him all the fanfare. They gave him the Mike Rome entrance. They're letting him interview... Ozka, Charlotte, Edge, all these, you know, high caliber talents. And then he gets his match 
And he loses, but at the end, Edge grabs the mic and says, Hey, Grayson, you swam. And I am just so excited. I am so excited. Uh, we made the theory comparison with Waller and how Waller is a better theory and which everybody needs to agree with me on that, or you can't listen to the podcast anymore. Um, just kidding. Uh, but speaking of theory, we've seen him go against Seamus and the Brutes and align himself with Pretty Deadly, but I think everyone is kind of at the point where you need to mix it up. Is there... Perhaps somebody on SmackDown with a high stock similar to Grayson Waller who may possibly benefit from being in a title picture. Who may have lost money in the bank, but got yeah. the hugest pop in the match. Possibly. Let me talk to you. Can we get night feuding with Theory? I guess we got to get them on TV first. Um, that is probably one of my biggest gripes is you come off somebody's best match with the company and then don't even show them on public But TV. that goes back to the Roman thing. Like, Roman so, is eating so much fucking time that there isn't time for anybody. Right? With him, one minute on TV could have been everything. So it, it's going back. I mean, even looking at all the circum, it's like, how do you go from that to not putting him on TV? And it was like... You would ask who was the stock rise. Any other week other than this week, I would put L.A. Knight over Waller. I think he was top. But coming back off and not putting him on TV at all, as hot as he was, I think was definitely a big step down. However, speaking of stock sucking, its theory has been nothing since getting drafted. It's kind of been, I mean, his matches for titles are announced like three hours before they happen. Like, it's just like, oh, well, he's involved with these guys and they're fighting these guys. And it, it's like Ridge had a match where if he won, he would get a shot at the title and he lost. So Sheamus got a shot at the title. Like, it's like Cause that makes they're sense. doing nothing with theory right now. So it's like they need to get it to somebody with something. I mean, the maybe theory needs to go to another find itself. I mean, I guess it's the story writing, but it's like. Man, you're doing, I mean, on Raw, you were every week advertised. You were on the up, and then the draft mm -hmm. happened, and it's like, Gunther went over to Raw, and he's he's shining. Every week, he's part of something, main event, you name it. I mean, he took a two-week, three-week vacation to get married, and was still more relevant than what Theory has been doing on SmackDown. So, I mean, Knight's definitely the guy. I mean, I think that's what everybody wants. Um, but they're not allowed to pick people everything. that are over. Remember? Ah, that that could be a, a something with it. But I mean, I don't see anybody. I, I mean, when when you look at it on SmackDown, it's just like what other route do they go? You got your heel, you got your person turning face. It's like peanut butter meat jelly. Like, let's just make it happen. So I'll play devil's advocate with the with the night piece, and and I know we were frustrated with him not being on television Friday. But one thing that WWE is huge on is their social media presence. Yeah, and I had and, the same issue with all the Cody stuff, and you made the same point. Right. 
and yeah. the, the fact that the his segment before SmackDown with Hit Row, um, where he can damage controlled Hit Row, um, was their highest viewed segment in all of YouTube and, and social media last week, even surpassing the Bloodline stuff, which is always their bread and butter. So from that standpoint, and that led to so many different videos and tweets about all of the different things LA Knight has been in prior to WWE. So it's like an Easter egg of him being in an old Tough Enough video with Triple H or in a car insurance video over here or all these weird commercials that showed that he's done a lot of shit. Um, in general, so yes, it it sucked from uh not seeing him on television based on how hot he was at Money in the Bank, but in terms of um reaching people, he reached a ton of people in this past week. Um, just not in the way that we're used to with the traditional watching him on SmackDown. Yeah, and I and I fully admit to being one of those people where it's like I don't really want to go watch social media to see what's going on i'd rather they just be on like xylee Flo and i Mm. say to each other every single night while we are scrolling instagram how is this woman not on tv like i don't want to i don't want to have to scroll instagram feeds to see the people i like but i also understand that there's so many damn superstars and only so much time but i just i've never been the viewer that the social media stuff um appeals to i mean i'll watch it if someone send it to me but i'm not actively looking for it so like i i get it i'm just old school when it comes to that it was the same with me like why do they keep having all these goddamn cody vignettes well, because TikTok people like watching them. There's like 12 billion kajillion million views of the woe at Money in the Bank. I'm like, I don't care. I've seen this four times on one episode of Raw. I don't care. Why does it have to be on TikTok too? Like, I, I don't know. I'm old school. Um, but Knight is definitely getting uh, crowd reaction. He had another... Um, interview with Chris Van Vliet where they were talking about um, when did you notice people started cheering for you and it was when he walked out during Seamus Drew and he was like oh people are cheering for me now um, so I guess he was supposed to be a heel right and he's gonna be end up being this tweener kind of like Stone Cold um, probably a really good way to build heel heat with theory like you needed to at this point because i don't think you do it's just boring um but i can see a night theory SummerSlam for the belt i feel like that would be fun i don't know give the people what they want you don't have to do it all the time just every once in a while like i don't think that's a bad business decision putting over someone that's over like, you can't have the fans write every outcome, obviously. Because mm-hmm. Cody would have won the belt at Mania, and then the bloodline would have been fucked. Like, but every once in a while, like, I feel like it's it's fine to have a fan favorite go in there and actually win something. Not like Yeselmania or Kofi Mania. It doesn't need to be, like, that obvious, but I don't know. I just As would like to theory see him. defended the belt 
on a PLE since Mania? No. I didn't I didn't think so. It's always been like the Friday before, so I feel like it'll it'll be the same right. thing. Right, yeah. One. So they went over from Money in the Bank and he defended it. No, he didn't defend it at all. Money in the Bank weekend. He's been defending it on SmackDown, but not actually on PLEs. Right. And yeah. then Backlash, he didn't he had was it the SmackDown before Backlash is when he defended? It's like, who was it? Was it Finn Balor that had the belt? It was like him and Ricochet were U.S. and Intercontinental Champion, and they just weren't getting PLE time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like, wh- why? Y'all won't give the women a mid-card title, but you'll give it to the dude to not defend on a pay-per-view. Miss me with that. Okay. Let's go talk about Brock Lesnar, because uh, he's back. That was, that was because of he who shall not be named. Like I said, let's go talk about Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Look at this face. Um, bro- oh, there it is. That sounds so good in the headphones. Um, Brock's back. Surprise. Um, I think everyone expected this to be a uh, part three at SummerSlam. So a certain somebody can finish the story against Brock. I guess, I don't know, chapter one, chapter two. I don't know what page we're on at this point. Uh, but he's back! Do we have anything we want to say about this other than we know where this is going? No. I think that's about it. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about the women's tags. Um, yeah. So we have Raquel and Liv as your champs. We had a, uh, a gauntlet match for the women. Chelsea, Sonia, Candice, and Indy, uh, welcome back to in-ring competition. Indy Hartwell, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm sorry they made you job. Um, Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, because that makes sense. Um, Emma and Nikki Cross, because that... I don't know why they couldn't just take the Welsh woman and the Scots woman and put them together and then just reunite Dana and Emma, because they were really good in NXT, but whatever, I don't write for them. Um, and then Caden Katana and Chelsea Sonia start at number one and they run the gauntlet and they will be the number one contenders to Raquel and Liv. I am not mad at this at all. Um, I like seeing Chelsea and Sonia look strong. They're both fantastic wrestlers. I feel like this pairing has really rejuvenated Sonia. Um, maybe Flo will start with you as somebody who could not stand Sonia Deville. And yeah, now I maybe was... can stand her a little more. Tolerable. Even a little more, I'd say. It it, it, it was... I'm, I'm not really sure. It was just like the, the work with her character never really made sense to me. It was never the in-ring skills because obviously she had that. But th- this booking and since she's been back with uh, with Chelsea now, it's just... They, they seem cohesive. It's strong. It makes sense. I mean... There's promos, there's everything in it, and the fact that not only did they book them, I mean, they're the uh, herons of the of the gimmick, and it's like, okay, they're going to start them first. So obviously, they're going to end up losing, and then they're going to complain because, hey, we had a six-person match, and you made me le- or you made me first. That didn't happen. They beat everybody. I mean, mostly nice. clean. A little bit of pin in here and there. I mean, they, they were squashing people. They were going in and out. Um, ran I think like a full three commercial match, might mm-hmm. even bet four, but it was they gave I mean, it time. It it was really exciting to see. Um, they pick up the win, and I mean I I think they're they're on their way to holding gold here. 
Um, that was part of the um, 22 of 24 active women on the Raw roster got TV time day. Yeah, which the was best, uh, it was the best day. Mm-hmm. It was it was the best. Yeah, day. after Money in the Bank, they're just like, all right, here we go. We're just uh, we're we're throwing them all out. We're going. Um, yeah, it was a great episode with how much they uh, they put into that. Um, just it it's gonna see my my only question is let's say they win the belt it's it's like how strong are they gonna be with it because it was like everybody kind of questioned the the living raquel thing everybody's like oh here we go they're throwing people together what's this gonna be like and then they kind of turned it around they got teams i mean the tag belts are finally getting built strong and, and I they're think on they're tv it. every week yes every single so, week I can definitely see. Uh, I, I again, I, I think there's going to be some some involvement. I think they're gonna they're gonna catch a win. They're gonna get a belt, and I'm interested to see what they can do afterwards. See, my my thing is this, and I know Donjay. Um, I don't know if you disagreed with me, but you did um, provide the alternate point. I really want to see Raquel have a title defense. And Don Jay said they don't go together. I know they don't go together. That's why I need Raquel and Liv to have just, like, just one. But the question is, like, how do you book Chelsea and Sonya this strong and then have them lose? Like, I think their characters would be safe enough because of the whole Karen gimmick that they'd find a way to get right back into it. Um, but we, we didn't end up getting the dominant Ronda Shayna run. And I don't want these tag titles to turn into a, okay, who's the champ this week? I, I would really like to see, you know, people holding them for more than one match. But um, I don't know. Donja, I know you're a big Chelsea Green fan. Chelsea Green? Um, <laughs> Donja, I know you're a big Chelsea Green fan. What are your, uh, what's your take on this situation? When I think about Raquel and her title losses, I think of how they always put the title on Sasha, the Raw title, and then she'd lose her first defense. Don't even get me started. Every single... Don't even So it reminds get me of me. that. It's a very it good resemblance. Does. Yep, it, it, I can feel it now. That's that a, shit that, made me strong... so mad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I... So Charlotte... And Sasha, to me, are my Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair. Um, one, I'm female. Two, I'm not old. Um, but that was always my, like, if you need to have a strong match, you put those two together. Uh, I still get chills thinking about Sasha Banks tapping out Charlotte Flair to the bank statement over the railing in the crowd in the main event of Monday Night. I, I literally just got goosebumps mentioning it. Um like that their chemistry was just so electric to me i loved them i thought sasha was the best wrestler of the four horsewomen i still do to this day um i don't just mercedes whatever you want to refer to mercedes monet now but like they kept doing her so dirty and then they did her dirty with the tag titles too like don't make that raquel please don't make that raquel you have a big mommy cool just standing there ready to run over this division. Give her a dominant that, title run. 
That being said, I think that she is going to face Rhea at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I hope so. so. I so I think that they drop the titles so she can face uh, Rhea one on one at SummerSlam because you don't want to do like they did at WrestleMania and tied up the tag titles and not have that be um, challenged for at the PLE. Drop the title. Have Chelsea and Raquel face Caden and Katana one more time at SummerSlam and have Raquel go against Rhea. Um, Chelsea and Sonya, not Chelsea and Raquel. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea and Sonya Caden and Katana. Yeah, so that makes the most sense to me, and I'm not going to be mad if that happens. But I, I just, I really am worried about these tag titles that they're just getting thrown around now. Um, I'm happy that they're on TV every single week. Um, I do need Raquel to go solo, but like, I, man, what a good problem to have. Right? Mm-hmm. What I a good problem to have. Really, the flip side is really that any team can be any team on any given night. So that might be the story that they want to push with the women's tag. Like, you don't right, want to hot but, potato it, like, in a but other. Point. But other than Chelsea, Sonia, and Kaden Katana, you've just split up Rhonda and Shayna. You are planning to split Raquel and Liv. Who's left? Unholy Union's on SmackDown. Unholy Union. They're on the other show. On TV. They, but the women's tag can go anywhere. But it hasn't been. Like, you have had When Rhonda and Shayna were there, they had the unification on SmackDown. They, they had to! And they literally... But they literally just got the titles, like, what, two weeks ago? They haven't had a chance to go over there yet. No, because you want to split them up. <laughs> <laughs> but but going back, like, who is left team-wise? There's three? The Kara and Flash. They're not on the main roster. That doesn't matter. Oh, we're just doing this? Okay. Well, because the women's tag, they all they consistently said NXT, SmackDown, Raw. Yeah, but they haven't gone there yet. That's my thing. Is like they're not there yet, so I'm not I'm not including them because they haven't done it yet. Once they do that, I will sing the praises of Miss Jackson until the cows come home. Because you know, Don J, you of all people, you know how much I love her. <laughs> I love Jakara. Um, but in terms of main roster, like, I don't even remember off the top of my head who the other tag teams are on SmackDown because other than the Unholy Union that's not on TV, question mark? Indy and Candice got to be coming up soon, so. I'd, I would like to see, I don't, I don't know, would Chelsea Sonia go to NXT to defend? Absolutely. As a Karen they team? in an NXT They've yeah, both been in NXT. Yeah, I feel like the gimmick wouldn't work, though. Like, what are I we doing here? I think they could go to HBK. I think they could go to HBK and say they're tired of Adam Pierce and wanted to see the dregs of the women's They do hate Adam Pierce a system. lot. That's I could true. see them. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them being like, hey, I or they're being like, hey, you haven't defended the titles. You have to defend them. So they're like, okay, but you didn't say where. So we're going to go to NXT with fight so-and-so and and then they go down there and put somebody over get their ass kicked but still win 
But okay, I, that I could would see be that, hilarious. That kind of fitting in, like, hey, Pierce is like, you need to go defend somewhere. Okay, you didn't say where, but I, I could see that tying in. That would be funny. Or they could be forced to go to NXT. As punishment. Because they're, because, they're so high and mighty. Because yep. Pierce is sick of them. <laughs> Somebody okay, so, else's problem. Someone else's problem. Okay, so we all just assume that they're going to win the titles. That's fine. Um, I'm still of two minds about it, but I get it. Um, another in-ring debut. Not at Madison Square Garden, but Maxine Dupree. Maxine is wrestling, guys. And she looks like she has a ton of potential. How excited are we about this? I mean, it's L.A. Knight's sister. What did we expect? Um, oh, God. But um, Was it, that the storyline? Is that they were siblings? Yeah. Yep. That, that was the whole story of why she got brought in and then he... I just assumed they were married or what. I don't fucking know. Oh. <laughs> now that was sister. Yeah. Okay. That's the younger sister. Yep. The younger sister came I in, but yeah. Thankfully, did not watch that part of my <laughs> life. Um. But I mean, it, it it's been great. I mean, I I hate the fact that the rest of Maximum Mill models has kind of disappeared off the earth. But for her, um, finally uh, opening up with her and Gable finally getting along with the Otis is it. it the team is so fun now. It's like, okay, Gable you're the you're the trainer i'm teaching this has come along because she hasn't had very much or if not any ring work on the main roster at all so seeing the storyline progress and it's just like all right every week we're going to give you a little bit more we're going to give you a little bit more we're going to give you a little bit more and then this week they, they, they kind of set it up to where okay well we're going to give you your jacket but then they stole it so it's kind of like okay are they setting up the one-on-one -on -one match let us be hopeful because hate when they do these mixed tag matches and then they get to come in, they hit three moves and the match is over. Um, she actually so hit moves though, unlike Ava. She did. So, it, it, like I said, we're progressing here. We're, we're not at a stalemate. She's progressing every week, getting better, and I think this jacket, I think, uh, maybe not SummerSlam, but I think in a Raw in the future, mm -hmm. I think we're going to have a battle mm -hmm. for this jacket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Can we get Chase U against Alpha Academy? That's the dream. The dream. The dream matchup. So here's my far-fetched prediction, which because I am making it, it's not going to happen. Thea beats Tiffany in their rematch, and they Alpha Academy goes down there, and Maxine challenges Thea for the NXT Women's Title. Doesn't win, but. <laughs> Come on, give me this. I'd be um, I'd be crying in your ear. <laughs> I know, in in a really weird, uncomfortable way. Um, <laughs> my, so we have Viking Raiders Valhalla. We have Alpha Academy Maxine, and then once again on SmackDown, we have a third team we could throw into the mix with Hit Row and Bfab. Um, is Bfab ever gonna wrestle again? Like ever? Or is that just not a thing she's doing anymore? She was in the Rumble and we ain't seen her since. Hit Rose nearly been on those, TV. Those slow burn type things um, with her. And then you could you could do um, the Good Brothers and Meechin. That's another Ooh. potential. Oh, Meechin would teach her so much. But they're uh, tied up with Karrion Cross. 
Um, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm here for for the Jane, women's glow up. Go ahead, Dante. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say with, with Maxine, just like a little bit of her background to getting here. Like she was training in NXT and she got injured like two months in, and then they called her up to do the Maxine piece. So she never really got to go through the NXT experience because she had the look of what they were looking for. And then she was injured and okay. Right. So now she's getting that training and the wrestling stuff on the road with Alpha Academy to get caught up. She's taking to it so quick. Um, was it the After the Bell podcast with, with Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick? Are they the ones that do that one? Yes. Uh, she was on there talking about it and how much she's been enjoying it and how she actually is getting to wrestle now. Like, she is... I, I see so much potential in her. I, I'm really excited. Um, I hope this means Sarah Logan is going to wrestle a little more. I I do enjoy the dominant female manager role, C, Lana, and Rusev. Um, but we all know Sarah Logan can go. So, would be nice to see a one-on-one. I know we're getting this Viking rules match. Um, which means, like Flo said, the women are going to hit three moves and it's going to end the match. But um, I'm not going to complain about seeing uh, Gable hit the chaos theory on Ivar and Eric. I know you guys won't. Dude's a freaking nature. He's so good. So good. Some other raw notes that I had made. Um, Rhea Natty part three, which is really just part one, um, because this was the only actual match. And Rhea, to me, finally looked like a believable champion in a title defense. I know that I am the one that said, if anyone in Judgment Day needs a title, it's Rhea. And that came to fruition. But it goes back to the old gripe we've had about storylines. Rhea isn't involved in any women's storylines up until the last, was it two weeks with Raquel? And I hate that the title has been tied behind these dudes. It's frustrating. Um, I'm really happy they finally put her in a one-on-one with Natalia and Dom was nowhere to be seen. Natty made her look good. Rhea made Natty look good, vice versa. They worked so well together. Um, but I, I don't know. How do you two feel? I guess, Donjay, I'll start with you. Um, she's on TV all the time. But she's not actually in a storyline for the title. So I I feel like it is kind of like the early portion of DX when China didn't wrestle and didn't have any association with the women. She was just there. She was the muscle of DX. Uh, but she yeah, wasn't but involved Rhea's, with the women. Title but Rhea is the women's champion. That's the thing. No, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. But in, in terms of her having a storyline with the women, I liken it to that. Um, right. I don't agree with it, but I when I see her being the main focus, the essentially the muscle of Judgment Day, the, the main person, 
I it immediately makes me think pre-China um, facing the women in the women's division. Um, that being said, um, and I said this in our Discord, that was the best Rhea match that she's had that did not have Charlotte in it. Mm-hmm. She was strong. Natty is just a, is a pro's pro. Um, nothing more. You can't say enough about Natty. Um, and she earned and deserved all of the accolades that she received after that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this is the start of what we're looking for with Rhea and potentially with uh, Raquel being that next opponent. I, I hope so. I, I completely agree with your China comparison. I just hate that the belt's involved because it means it's not getting defended. It's just there. Uh, Flo, what are your what are your takeaways from this? Well, first off on the match is I'm glad it finally happened. I was a little bit worried, like, before the first commercial. It was just Rhea conquering, dominating, turning everything around. And I was like, are we really just going to do this again? Is nothing going to build? And it's like, every time they do this match, we just have it again in two weeks. What are we going to do? And then we came back from commercial and Natty started firing back. And then it's like, we have an actual match here. And the match was just phenomenal on the night. And it, it was nice to see because as everybody else stated, Rhea hasn't had many matches. And the weird thing with it is it was like, if she didn't have this championship belt, I think I said it in discord. I think she was on TV seven times on Monday night raw part of Crazy. seven different, whether it was in the match doing this promo, that promo, starting the show, ending the show. She was absolutely everywhere. She was doing exactly what somebody without the title belt should do. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the belt's tied in, and it's like, that should always be your main focus. This should be your main story. It's like, what are you doing with this belt? When are you defending this belt? And it's just been tied up in a very loose Natty storyline, which after every match, Natty was making like a personality promo like oh i suck now there's this i need to change i need better and it was just like okay and then we're going back and forth so hopefully with these seeds being planted with raquel finally we're gonna get pushed towards a one-on-one storyline she could kind of lean off the dom matches i'm sure she'll be in nxt um she's dealing with uh the finn the priest and everything else which which is fine as long as she goes back to hey, I got to take care of my business first and number one, and then everything else can come along. But again, she's been absolutely fantastic. And any of the women that aren't carrying the strap around, that's the type of personality and the stuff you need to be. Just literally, the show was just all over. It was it was the Rhea show pretty much from start to finish. She's not in the top five merch sellers, is she? No, no. Why? Ask the consumers. <laughs> I just, I just find it curious that someone that is on TV so much isn't reflecting in sales. I don't know. Something to ponder. At probably some top, point. She, she's probably top ten. I would hope so. But those, the but those five with Stone Cold being the the, the red herring. Yeah. Have some have great justification as well. Agreed. I just I just find it curious that like there's so much revolving around her, and she didn't make the top five in sales. Um, 
Do we want to talk about Logan Paul Ricochet, or do we not care? It's going to be a good match. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Is and I Ricochet guess Ricochet does flippy stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to be an absolute spot fest. I think there's going to be some technical wrestling tied in with it, and I just think whenever they eventually decide to go, I mean, I'd rather see them in the ring than on the mic, but uh, I'm ready to see them go. Ricochet was better off mic than he was on. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, that's, I didn't think he was bad. We just never really get a chance to hear him talk, so I guess I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't think it was like a world beater. But go ahead, Dante. He's no Samantha. Oh, of course not. No. He he said more in that flip over the top rope than he said in the entire program. We were all sitting there saying, do the dream flip. Do the dream flip. Do, do the, dream, the flip. dream flip. And then he did it. And Logan even did the glasses off thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, that was cool. So, Rhea's shirt was the number one item in June. So she oh. didn't have the top overall. But her mommy shirt was the top shirt in June. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That makes more sense to me. Anyways, okay, on to NXT. Let's see. We had... NXT Underground, which was my introduction to the Raw Underground style. And of course, they decide to completely draw me in by having Eddie Thorpe in the match. Um, again, you, you two gentlemen know how big of an Eddie Thorpe fan I am. Um, really excited to watch this match. Um, Eddie Thorpe, Damon Kemp in NXT Underground. Um, what were your thoughts on the underground style coming back? Flo, we'll start with you. Uh, it was interesting. I was interested to see how they would do it because Raw Underground kind of happened away from the ring, and it, it was a little bit pre-recorded. I mean, this was live. This was physical. This was everything. I mean, it, if the uh, if the Thorpe intro of them pounding on the ring didn't have you fired up and ready to go for this match beforehand, I don't think anything else would have. Um, now the only question is, it's like, all right, can we get more of this? Like, cause it definitely, it, it was just spectacle. It was different. So, I mean, maybe, maybe that's going to be Eddie Thorpe's thing. Like that's kind of like his, his match now, just cause I mean, from, from start to, I mean, it, it even made, uh, Damon Kemp look good. I mean, he was looking mm -hmm. good in it. Gable Stevenson came in. I mean, he was just suplexing every goddamn buddy afterwards for his uh, every six months or every year spot, whatever he's getting these days. But uh, it, it was good to see back. I, I liked it better than Raw Underground, to be honest. It, it was done in such a way that pushed out, and it, it, you felt like, hey, this is the match with no limits because you have all those different named matches. Like, you got a street fight. You got a no-holds-barred. You got a falls count everywhere. And they all mean the same damn thing. This match has originality. This match is organic. And I, I hopefully, like I said, hopefully this comes back and we get to see more of it. And I, I'd like to see Thorpe be the be the mainstay of it being like kind of labeled as his type of match. So I guess we'll see going forward what they do with it. So Eddie Thorpe versus Demon Finn. Ooh. You can't be, uh, lose. The ropes are gone. Can't lose. There's no ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Donjay, what are you feeling about NXT Underground? Um, just to echo what Flo mentioned, this did not feel as gimmicky as Raw Underground. Raw Underground was kind of short, 
and you had Shane just yelling all over the place. Um, this felt more like a legitimate uh, fight club feel to it, so I enjoyed it a lot. And Damon Kemp made Eddie look like a million bucks. So I, as much as we love Eddie, uh, I want to give that much praise to Damon uh, for his part in that Absolutely. Damon Kemp, technical wrestler, take nothing away from him. The issue with Damon Kemp was always the personality. It was never the wrestling. Um, so, yeah, they worked very well together. Um, like I said, big Eddie Thorpe fan. So if he wants to be like the the chief of the underground, that'd be kind of dope. Um other NXT stuff, we had a loser leaves NXT match. <sighs> Whatever, I guess. Um, Creed's lose to the Dyad. So the Creed's quote unquote leave NXT, but they left Ivy behind. Um, Creed's are main roster bound, right? If you go back and look at that schism segment, there were some very tall trees in that schism segment that we had not seen before. So I don't think it's as cut and dry as we think. I think that the Crees may be on the inside. Yeah, especially because Sad Ivy is very vulnerable now and probably needs a faction because they can't just let her be this little pit bull going through everybody, apparently. Flo Gacy, your opinions? I mean, Gacy always is one step forward, and as Don J alluded to, there were two uh, two very much taller, bigger trees that were in his garden this week. So it was kind of wondering as, like, everybody just assumed it's like the creeds are going up, they're ready. I know some people think one's ready, maybe one's not. But, I mean, I feel like this story is, uh, is thickening up a little bit. I mean, Ivy going around being sad. I know everybody wanted her to be the, the mad, ferocious, but I guess she's kind of like the wandering puppy now instead of the, the angry pit bull that I hope she can eventually become. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It, it's definitely a storyline that definitely has me invested into to see to see if we get the uh, if if the Creed show up on another show or if they show up behind a mask or what's going on here. But it's going to be something to watch into. We had a number one contenders match um, to face Carmelo Hayes at the Great American Bash. Ilya Dragunov defeats Braun Breaker. Uh, we have been saved from the three-peat because um, half of the banners would just say Braun at this point. Not LeBron, but Braun Breaker. Um, are we excited for an Ilya Mellow match? I mean, obviously, it's like Donjay is a Mellow guy and Flo is an Ilya guy. So not doing predictions, but how do you see them facing up against each other? It's an interesting combination because you kind of have two of the same type of styles almost you have mellow with a little bit of technical flash you have Ilya, who's just never give up just keeps beating into it so it it's going to be interesting it's not going to be like mellow's usual opponent usually he's facing okay i'm going against the bigger guy this is it i'm the smaller guy i gotta wear him out um as anybody seen with Ilya's matches Ilya doesn't wear out the longer the match goes the more it's in Ilya's favor so I, I think that, I, I mean, if there was a match, I know we always say, hey, let's make this an hour-long Iron Man match. 
This would be an interesting one to say, hey, let's put 30 minutes on the clock and see who wins it at the end. Um, it, it's Even if it doesn't, maybe, maybe the one pinfall, I could see this being a 30-minute burnout match. Again, thankfully, it's not Braun again. Everybody's done with Braun. I guess that kind of opens up the question is, what is Braun doing now other than taking losses? Um, I mean, usually he, the, he takes the losses at the PLEs. He's just taking them on a regular Tuesday night now. So it's kind of like, all right, Braun, um, where does he go is more intriguing than kind of like what's going on with the championship match. So uh, a lot to look forward to, but, uh, the, the Ilya mellow match is definitely going to bang. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're two bases, but what happened at the end of um nxt forcing uh with Ilya costing mellow the match that gives him that uh bit of tension that you need when you have two faces um and i know we're going to talk a little bit more about that main event shortly mm-hmm. but I, th- the match is going to be fantastic and i'm looking forward to it and i am an Ilya fan as well uh, I didn't Mello's mean that as I, I didn't mean that as like you don't like him. I just like I know Mello is your dude. So Yeah. Barbershop things. Um The Dawn is free. Channing stacks Lorenzo walked out in the Dawn fit in Gallus colors. Which is very interesting to me. Had a match with Joe Coffey, uh Freedom versus Trial. And uh we had a deal, lad. I can't do a Scottish accent to save my life, but uh, what are we, what are we feeling about this storyline? There was like, I don't know, Joe Coffey being the um, like the footy hooligan, getting involved with like the crime mob, just works for me. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, with the Don and and Joe Coffey. Um, I guess. Um, Stax and uh, what's his name? Tony D'Angelo. I guess they're getting a title shot now. Was that the stipulation or was it just freedom? I think that I was also this... part of the stipulation. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be good. But we also have um, Angel and Humberto hanging around, acting like Lotharios once again. Um, and then we have Bronco Nima and Lucian Price making their, their debut. Uh, just two monstrous men. So the tag picture, we were a little concerned, I guess, when Pretty Deadly got called up. And the New Day went back. And now the Creeds are gone. Uh, but the tag picture is looking fairly strong in NXT. Also looking strong in NXT would be one Miss Thea Hale. Andre Chase is back. Um... And we are doing this whole you tapped out thing with Tiffany. So I feel like we're getting a rematch at Great American Bash. Is that safe to say? I hope so. Rematch, rematch, rematch. Has to. Has to. So in in Tiffany's defense, and I know I've been critical of her um, and the way that they've been booking her, she had a match against Ivy Nile and she actually wrestled. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was nice. They actually had her, you know, show why... She's their champ. Um, and then she picked up a microphone and I was just like, please turn the TV off. But she's just like, I didn't tap out. I didn't tap out. Like, I didn't need it. Um, <laughs> I didn't need it at all. But it feels like we're going this way. 
Fia getting her rematch? Maybe? You know I have the balls to make that prediction, so... Mm-hmm. If it happens, I'm making that prediction. Just so you guys know. <laughs> um, I think the real quick. I think that I think the Tiffany screaming worked well only because Chase U was so prominent, like the student session. Yeah, so that's it was true. All the, I think that's... it's with the whole you tapped out, and they were just all, all over her. And she's getting to her breaking point, um, and she knows that she tapped out. So I, I didn't have a problem with her going full brat. It would have been a lot better if she would have audibled it without a microphone. If totally she would have agree. just looked towards the crowd and screamed it, like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm not prompted. I'm not teleprompter. There's nothing. I'm just get up off. I did it. Scream then. I think that is what she needed to be. That would like, have okay, been so good. She's starting to get this. Instead of grabbing the microphone, putting the voice up as high as she can, and just like screeching it into no man's land. I don't even remember what she said prior to it. Like I don't I just know remember what the point I of it. Out. I don't remember what the point of it was because it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. And then she turned around and did the whole I didn't tap out thing. So I totally agree. Just go and scream at them without a mic. Um one last thing regarding NXT. The Judgment Day has invaded. Dominic finally gets a match next week. So he's going to be, I guess, one for one in uh, NXT yeah. matches. Because there's no way they're having him beat Wesley. Because Rey Mysterio would rather die than have his son in developmental. But Finn and Priest faced off against Mello and Trek in the main event. And yes, there was Ilya interference because Priest thought about cashing in. And Ilya, in my perception of it, Ilya was like, don't cash in. That's my title. Right? Like his shot's not against mm-hmm. Priest. It's against Mello. So that's why I think he got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mello eats the pin. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, like, why are you bringing in a main roster faction to to beat your NXT champ? I don't... It'd be like if Rhea beat Tiffany. Like, why? At this point, they just need to... Or Finn needs to put uh, Mello's name up in the rafters because every time they seem to go against each other, he beats the hell out of them. Um, going on that. But I do think that... It, it, it's just it's a weird looking situation, especially I understand that the the, uh, the NXT has been used for the briefcase before. So using that as a catalyst for, hey, this is why we're down here. Everybody's getting all involved, seeing as they can't seem to get Seth under the mousetrap. But eh, overall, I mean, I get it's weird having Trick in the match and it seems like Trick never eats the pins. Right. I, you you kind of feel like, hey, that's what you're there for. This is your guy. It's like Roman Solo. It, it, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, like we thought you were here, so this guy didn't have to get pinned. So when he does, it adds the value, and it's like it adds that level of vulnerability, and I think that's what they're trying to create here with the entire uh, Ilya and Mellow match because, again, it, it, it's a match that could definitely be a toss-up. I agree with that, and additionally, I believe that the first feud when Melo hits the main roster is going to be with Finn. So I think there that's some of those planning of the seeds. He lost to Finn at Raw, and he lost to Finn here um, at NXT. Um, so that's going to be weighing in the back of his mind. Um, so I feel we're not going into predictions yet, 
I don't feel like Melo's going to be on the NXT roster that much longer. So I can easily see him rolling directly into a feud with Finn once he goes up. You don't think this makes Melo look weak? Nope. Champs are going to be vulnerable. And if you're if you're still in NXT and you're not consistently on the main roster, then you're there's going to be times when you're going to win, but at the same time Finn it he said it himself, Finn's Mount Rushmore of NXT. So, if you're going to lose to somebody at least in NXT that needs to be one of the top in the history of the of the company. Right. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't sit right with me though. Like the judgment day does so much other stuff except for Rhea who just doesn't defend a belt. Like, I don't think I need them in NXT. There's so many other people in NXT I would rather see, but I also understand main roster people going down there to, to develop like Corbin's doing it. Ali is doing it. Dana Brooke is doing it. Los Lotharios are doing it. Um, but I like it. Judgment Day main events, pay-per-views. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just a me thing. I don't know. Um, we are short on time. I will um, hand things over to the AEW correspondent of the program, which is Don Jay. Uh, we have the Owen Hart Cup finals this Saturday. CM Punk versus Ricky Starks for the men. Ruby Soho versus Willow Nightingale for the women. Elaborate. Um, so yes, they started the these two tournaments a few weeks ago with the expectation for them to culminate at Collision, their new show. Um, CM Punk beat Samoa Joe last week to get to the finals. Um, Ricky Starks beat Powerhouse Hobbs to get to the finals. Uh, Ruby Soho won last night against Sky Blue to get to the finals. Um, Willow is a spoiler because it's on Rampage tomorrow and they recorded it, but no one watches Rampage. So I felt fine saying that Willow was going to win. Um, I and didn't realize second... that was a spoiler. My bad. Yeah, nobody watches Rampage anyway. So, um, But okay. be that as it may, um, it is uh, the second year in a row that Dr. Martha Hart supports the, the tournament. Um, so they should be good two good matches on Saturday Night Live um, on TNT. All right. And then they um, also the, have a uh, PLE coming up? Um, It's not a PLE. It's, it's actually just going to be on um, Dynamite next week. Oh, um, okay. But it's their blood and guts. Yeah, it's, it's a Wednesday, just a regular episode. But they always theme um, blood and guts for its own um Wednesday night edition of Dynamite. Um and for those who aren't familiar with Blood and Guts, uh it's AEW's version of um War Games. Um it's five people on each side. They both use the two rings. They both have a um roof on it. Um they just don't have the rights to say war games. Um and the basically the biggest separation is that you have to either um, submit or surrender in terms in winning the match. So there's no pins or climbing out of cages or anything like that. 
um, but the rest of the rules are completely the same as a typical war game match. Did you say um, submit or the, surrender? Yep. Submit or surrender. So you either tap out or you just say that, that we quit. So oh, and it's, as a, it's as a team. So, it's not as an individual. As a it's team. not like you yep. slowly as get eliminated. Okay. Yep, as That's a team. So one person says that they quit. Um, so this year... It is the Blackpool Combat Club, um, which is Moxley, uh, Takeshka, uh, Wheeler Yuta, uh, uh, Claudio Castioli, Cesaro. and then they recruited Pac. Yes, Cesaro. And then they recruited Pac as their fifth oh, member. Oh, shit. And Did they really? Yep. Mm. And versus the reuniting of the Golden Elite, um, which is Hangman Page. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. Um, and this is the first time in four and a half years where uh, Kenny and Kota tag. Uh, for the longest time, they were called the Golden Lovers um, mm -hmm. in New Japan. So it's going to be a really exciting um, match. And if you're into war game type matches, um, definitely want to take a look at this next week. I feel like I trust the people in this match. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like these might be the safest picks, if that makes sense. Like, I know Mox yeah. must bleed, but that, yeah, I might actually have yes. to watch yep. that. Might actually have to watch that. Uh, one more note regarding Willow Nightingale. Her and Julia had a fantastic match last week. Um, Julia is now the New Japan um, Strong Women's Champion. If you can, watch that match. It was a fantastic match. Um, the expectation is now that Julia will defend it over in the United States. Um, the number one person that people are talking about her facing right now is Tony Storm with Mercedes still on the shelf. Um, Tony has a ton of stardom experience, so she knows the style of wrestlers such as Julia, and that could potentially happen at all in. Interesting. Um, I think that concludes our podcast for the evening. Um, Flo, is there anything else you wanted to add? I know we let Don J riff quite a bit. No, I think we covered everything pretty good. Excited to see what uh, SmackDown brings tomorrow. All right, Don J, anything else for you? Nope. I just love women's wrestling. I do too. It's so great. See what happens when you give women time on TV. The world is a better place. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of We're Going to Talk About Wrestling. Thank you all for tuning in. Gentlemen, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Arrivederci.